We're getting super temporary right now and podcasting straight from a hallway in Capital One Arena following the Wizards 119 to 112 loss to the Pacers. The Wizards are now 24 and 36, and I'm going to stop talking about how many games out of the playoffs they are. And I'm just going to say that they're now four games away from the Hawks for top five lottery positioning at this point because I think that's the way we have to frame it first and foremost when we're talking about this. I'm Fred Katz. I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I'm standing in a hallway talking into my phone, standing next to Scott Agnes. Third time guest. What do I get for my third time here, Fred? Oh, you get... Uh, I figured it, like a t-shirt or a beer after number two. <laughs> what do you get for three? Wow. You get... You get each time I actually just remove something. So now, so now I've removed a room and a seat. Okay. We're standing up. You can lean against the wall. Next time I'm going to remove the wall. We're just going to be outside. <laughs> After that, we're going to do it outside while it's raining. Oof. And then we're going to do it in a blizzard. Yeah, I'll pass it. And then the podcast is going to be canceled because of podcasting and blizzards. And because the Wizards aren't in the playoffs, so their season would be over. The Washington Blizzards. Yes, indeed. Uh... As long stats? as I don't earn a pun against me, I'll take that <laughs> as the prize. Uh, stats? You go stats? I, I, Turnovers. I that's where I start. Yeah, Both yeah. teams, second night of a back-to-back. Well, so, yeah. Expect some of that. 45 yeah. combined turnovers. Uh, you know what? I'm the damn host of this. We're not going to start with turnovers. We're going to start with defense because the Wizards' defense, especially in the second quarter, was so bad. Like, they... They're help defense, man. It's just not there. Like they, they've they've struggled containing the ball all year and they had this stretch in the beginning of January basically, essentially right after Wall got hurt, where they defended well. And that's kinda why they got that hot streak. Everybody talks about the everybody eats thing. Mm-hmm. But they were winning because there was like a like a four week stretch where they were a top five defense over those four weeks. And the rest of the season, they've been a bottom five defense. And that's why they started to actually win games and play at a respectable level. And they've just returned to the bottom five thing. And part of it is the big man defense, that Bobby Portis is going to be playing the back end of pick and rolls, or Thomas Bryant's defending the back end of pick and rolls. And part of it, as we saw tonight, is just like dudes are not coming over and helping. They're just defending in, in, in quicksand. There's countless times where I remember uh, off-ball screen, guy moves back door and left wide open, got the pass, and laid it in. Even transition defense was a little concerning. There was one significant play, I remember, Fred, where Doug McDermott trotted down on the fast break to the corner, a shooter, and nobody picked him up. It's like first or second rule of guarding in transition. So, yeah, it was uh, very concerning. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's just a common theme. It's just happening every night now, uh, especially, like, man, the driving lanes are just – they were so open. Yeah, to the mm-hmm. point where Boyan Bogdanovich, who drives a ton, he kept driving and kept driving on his, and was having good success, I thought. Yeah, I mean, the Pacers – it was close, and the Wizards made it close at the end. Mm-hmm. And Beal had some big shots, and Thomas Bryant had some major energy plays. Beal finished, by the way, 35-3-6. and six. Thomas Bryant off the bench. Wizards changed the starting lineup and started Bobby Portis in there, but Bryant ended up playing uh, 31 minutes compared to 17 for Portis, and Bryant went for 23-12. I think he had three blocks, three blocks, and four assists, and 
had some really good energy plays and almost punched the referee. I was just going to say, and he almost had a knockout as well and played 15 minutes total because I, his excessive celebration almost cost him some games and a game check. I, I asked him after the game if he's, you've seen the Carlos Boozer play, I assume. Right? I don't remember off the top of my head, no. Uh, I saw your tweet. Dude, all time. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen the Carlos Boozer play, Google Carlos Boozer. We're just going to look it up. Look it up on your phone right now. And we're just going to watch this live. And it's going to be horrible podcasting because no one's going to be watching with us. But Google Carlos Boozer, Danny Crawford. Hold on. I I punched. I started Carlos Boozer in the first result. Punches ref in the balls. In In the balls. It is... It is absolutely phenomenal basketball play. He gets super pumped on an and one, and he just goes to town on Danny Crawford's balls. And we've got it on your phone right now, and it is... Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Hold on. The official barely even reacted. Danny Crawford is a trooper. Wait till you see the replay. Danny Crawford is a Oh, he's doing his smiling. Mm -hmm. Oh, hold on. Come here. Come here. Needed some assistance. (laughs) It's great. It's it is a it is a truly check it. Check it. It's an amazing basketball moment. It is it is an amazing basketball moment when you see the replay and you just see Danny Crawford's face and he immediately starts laughing as if he is like even if he's wearing a coat. Who's not even apologetic? He's over here celebrating oh, at the free throw line. Look at his face change as he does it. He's like, "Oh no." <laughs> You are? <laughs> wow. It's so good. Thomas Bryan almost punched an official in the face because he was so pumped. Thomas Bryan has seen the Carlos Boozer play. And? I asked him after the game. So he's confirmed that he's seen that. And uh, and he, he seemed very excited about the fact that he did not. He's excited about the referee in the face. He is. He's like that all That's the time. Right. When we're Pacer fans are used to seeing that down at Indiana University, so we're used to that excitement, that emotion, good and bad. Yeah. And when he hit that big three to make it one fifteen, one twelve, he had one of my favorite. I should have gotten a foul call reactions of the season, while still lying on yeah. the ground. Did not even take the time to gather himself and stand back up. He he looked like a seal. Like trying try to throw, around. yeah, trying to throw his hands up, but he couldn't throw his hands up because he was lying on his side, and he looked like a seal that like a polar bear was coming after. You know, you watch those nature documentaries, and the polar bear starts chasing after the seal. The seal's resting on the ice. The seal starts slithering to try to frantically get into the ocean. By the time the polar bear is, because he knows he cannot swim it. That's what Thomas Bryant was doing. He was trying to outswim the polar bear. And before that, I think it was before that, Wesley Matthews was bold and stepped in front of him for the charge. And that had him flopping around a little bit like a seal, too, upset about that call, understandably. Because that's a tough one. That's a hard bang-bang call where someone's in his way and almost really didn't allow him a step to gather himself. Great transition. Great transition. Wesley Matthews' transition. So, so Wes Matthews did... A, I'm just going to say transition every time I change the topic now. Uh, Wesley Matthews did a really good job on Bradley Beal, and I thought the Pacers in general made life for Beal about as hard as any team has on him in any recent game I can remember. Like, the he lit up the Hornets. Like, lit up the Hornets last night for 46 points, and life was 
super easy for him. And tonight he plays the entire second half for his second consecutive game. He plays 41 minutes. He scores 35 on 22 shots. And he just he was just making difficult shots. He wasn't getting to the line much. He only it was got that four-point play that kind of uh-huh. got the Wizards back into the game. Until that point, Pacers were seemingly up you know, 10, 12, and coasting. Yeah. Even early, though, like he's hitting step-back mid-range shots. Like He's just finding mm-hmm. ways to score in like seemingly inefficient ways. And then you look down, and he's got... 36, there was it, 35? I just said it. Mm-hmm. 35 points on how many shooting possessions was it? 35 points on uh, 26 shooting possessions, which is just a wildly efficient night, following 46 on 30 shooting possessions. Like, he, he's just a roll now, man. And, like, so he's averaging 29, 6, and 6 in the 25 games without John Wall. I kind of think that's just what he's going to do the rest of the year, especially because this team now needs him. I was going to say, but to what end? Yeah, <laughs> but so what's your end game here? Right, but if if he goes twenty nine six and six for the rest of the year, that means he's going to average on the year like something like twenty six twenty seven a game, five or six rebounds and five or six assists. That is going to put him, and he's doing it really efficiently. It's not like these are empty calorie numbers. I mean, he's doing it with close to a 60% true shooting. Like he's, he's, he's doing this on an efficient manner. That's going to put him in the conversation for All-NBA. And like, there's at least one spot available. Victor Oladipo was third team last year. He's obviously injured. No one's going to give him that vote, and so there's at least one spot available. Right. He's not going to make the first two teams. First team is going to be Stephen Harden. Second team is going to be Damon Kyrie. That that third team guard spot, like it's always a toss up. Yeah, you can go so many different directions with that. Who do you reward? What do you value? Mm-hmm. You can go Simmons. You can go Drew Holiday. You can go Kemba. You can go Beal. You can go Lowry. But there are two open spots there, and like Beal's record is going to hurt him because mm-hmm. at this point they're twenty four and thirty six, and things are not looking like they're turning around at all. And if they end up winning. 32 games. That's really going to hurt him, especially if, you know, Kemba makes playoffs. Simba. Simba. Simmons. (laughs) Simmons and Kemba. Simmons and Kemba. Yeah, Nala makes the playoffs. Uh, A lot of these guys make the playoffs, and and he's on a 50-loss team. Then all of a sudden, you know, that's going to be difficult. But, like, man, it's it's really hard. James Harden, I think, didn't make All-NBA a few years ago on that 41-41 and Rockets Mm. team. And he averaged, like... 28, 7, and 7, or 28, 6, and 7, or something like that, and he didn't make it. It's really, but that was like unprecedented. It's really hard to put up those numbers for a full season and not make All NBA. And if he makes All NBA, he's going to be super max eligible. Oh, that's the worst thing that could happen here. And that, that is a, <laughs> that, and, and we don't need to have the whole conversation now, but that is going to be a topic. Interesting. Because John Wall has a supermax, and they are going to have to make a decision. That's the worst contract in basketball right now, of course. Yeah. John Wall. With Nothing. the injury? Oh, yeah. Right. And a guy that's so dependent on his speed as well, more mm-hmm. than just the injury. Yeah, 100%. Do you think the Pacers are legit without Old Depot? Like, how good are they? I think second-round team. I, 
I think the way they were playing, it's team basketball. We saw that indicative tonight. I mean, you have seven different guys in double figures, and I think that's a big reason why they've succeeded on the second night and just back-to-backs in general. This is their 11th. They've won. They swept both games seven times. I don't remember seeing that around the league or in most teams. So that's that's something I've been tracking and watching closely. Is And down the stretch now, they're succeeding with Oladipo. As, this, as of this game, it's exactly one month since Vic went down. And for outsiders not watching, you look at the record and you go, oh, so he's still there. They, you would not notice a difference. They're still third. And after a couple bad losses today by Philly and I think Boston, they're now at least two games up on both of them here. Although they have their busy, their most difficult part of their schedule coming up here in March, so they're simply just taking care of business. Unbelievable change from last year. What were they? Oh, 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 and seven without all the people last year. Oh, and nine. Oh, and seven without him. Yeah. And this year, they positive net rating without him. Like really good net rating mm-hmm. without him. They're They've like won plus. eight of their last nine games. Yeah. For They've got a great defense. The only loss was to Milwaukee, so understandable. Miles Turner has a legit defensive player of the year case. Didn't and we should mention didn't play tonight, yeah. And they still defended well. Wes Matthews is a really nice pickup for them. He's He fits in. He seems like he's already fitting in well. He has that edge, that toughness. You mentioned his defense. Specifically, I thought on Bradley Beal more so in that second half. He's a, he's a hard-nosed veteran that's just trying to earn it and enjoy winning. I mean, he bounced around this season, Dallas, then New York. How could you not enjoy your current situation and a starter? That was something the Pacers promised him and why he ended up with them. Yeah, classic case of a dude who got an expensive contract, mm-hmm. and then because he got an expensive contract, the the overpaid label just kind of in the conversation of how people spoke about him became not good, which isn't true. He's good. That's a good pickup. He still defends at an above-average level on the ball and off the ball. He's smart. He's a good locker room guy. He shoots the three ball at an above-average level. Like he's Pacer fans have already nicknamed him Bow and Arrow because anytime he hits a three-pointer, mm-hmm. he turns to the Pacers bench and does the Bow and Arrow celebration. Yeah, no, he's 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 a really quality player, and that was a good pickup for them. I need to go on a quick rant go before for before we finish, which is super niche but is necessary. Uh. Wes Johnson got 15 and a half minutes tonight. Chase and Randall got 15 and a half minutes tonight. The Wizards, as I led this podcast, saying, I haven't even checked the final score of the Detroit game yet. Actually, the game might not even be over, but Detroit is playing Miami tonight. Detroit is obviously the eighth seed as of now. The Wizards were four and a half back at the time of losing. There could be five back if Detroit wins. I guess still four back if Detroit ends up losing to Miami, which by the time this post, that game will be over anyway. Uh... But the Wizards are are closer to the Hawks than they are to the Pistons right now. Troy Brown played four and a half minutes. He played in the first half. He got pulled in the second half. Scott Brooks played Bradley Beal for the entire second half. Like, I know that there is organizational pressure to make the playoffs. And it's, it's impossible, at least for me, to say from the outside exactly how much of that is influencing Scott Brooks's rotational decisions. All that being said, I can't imagine there is that large of a drop-off between playing Randall, playing Wes Johnson, and playing your 15th overall pick, who's a 19-year-old, who you need to develop. They're just compounding mistakes by not giving opportunities. So last night, they played the Hornets, and I'm watching Malik Monk jack up these horrific shots and jump up and penetrate and leap at the rim for these awful jump passes and toss them into the stands because they're 
seven feet wide of his target. Like these horrible plays where if Troy Brown made one of those plays, his ass would be on the bench for the next two weeks. And James Borrego is just letting him play, just letting him play through all those mistakes because they know that if Malik Monk is ever going to be a good player, because he was a first-round pick a couple years ago, if he's ever going to be a good player, then he's not going to be good if they rein in all the recklessness. He's going to be good because he learns how to use the recklessness for good. And you can't say Scott Brooks does not know this lesson because Scott Brooks did this to perfection as well as any other coach ever has with any other player with a guy named Russell Westbrook who was reckless and couldn't play point guard when he first came into the league, right? And they just let him play through all the crap on a bad team. Mm-hmm. And he turned into an MVP. And Scott Brooks has... I mean, that was an organizational decision. Scott Brooks had a lot to do that. Detroit won by a lot in Miami. Okay, so the Wizards are 5 And the now. Bulls beat Boston. Crazy. So the Wizards are 6 in a loss column back, which is really what matters. I mean, like, eight, eight, the playoffs are... It would take a miraculous change. Yeah, it would take a miraculous change for that to happen. Uh, but, like, Scott Brooks did this with Russell Westbrook. And I'm not saying the Troy Brown's Russell Westbrook. What I'm saying is that is proof that Scott Brooks understands this concept because he did it and he did it well. And so I don't know if there are other forces being like, you have to play the vets. I don't know if there are other forces that are just kind of making him want to be more conservative. So he's just playing known quantities and Wes Johnson and Jason Randall. Um, but like at some point you got to turn to development. Because otherwise, you're compounding mistakes that are going to continue to hurt the organization. You need to develop your 19-year-old first-round pick. You are a 24-36 and team. Start acting like a 24-36 and team. And cease friends. That's it. agree with that. Yeah. At what point do you have to pivot and look long-term? I agree with that. Yeah. I I think that's the point. Uh, You do awesome work with the Pacers. I try. I appreciate uh, it. I always love having you on the podcast. Uh, plug your work for my listeners so they can go read it. Yeah, just check it out at The Athletic. If you see Fred's work, you can see mine as well on the Pacers side. And, oh, I can plug this since we talked about it on the previous two podcasts uh, with me. The, remember the fans section? John Wall hates you. That yeah, old chant. That was I recently piece. wrote about that group and why they do stuff like that. And even they do some silly chants like they did overrated to Joel Embiid. And obviously that's not true, but they realize he's paying attention and their goal is to try to get him thinking about them rather than basketball. So I, I enjoyed that piece and maybe Wizards people, Wizards fans will as well. And they chanted, your team hates you and Anthony Davis. They did. Uh, that was a great piece. That was like it was fun. It was, it, was different. it was a great idea. <laughs> it was great. It was super fun to read. It was awesome. If you subscribe to The Athletic, just go read it. You'll enjoy it. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, then subscribe to The Athletic and go read it, and you'll enjoy it. And you can read my stuff at The Athletic as well. You can subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes, and you can give us a five-star rating because five-star ratings are wonderful. Subscribe, rate, review. Exactly. Everybody loves the five-star ratings, and uh, you can leave a nice review and just say the nicest things about me that you can possibly think of. And uh, you can leave those in the review section. I'll uh, be back. they got three days off after this. So uh, they're off, off tomorrow because following a back-to-back, and Jim Boylan is not their coach. And then uh, they got practice on on Monday and Tuesday, so they got some time to get this together. And uh, then they're at Brooklyn on Wednesday, which is uh, (laughs) (laughs) is a long podcast. (laughs) And they're at Brooklyn on Wednesday. So uh, I'll be back.
on Wednesday with another guest talking after the game. And I'll talk to you guys then.